The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And we are in the midst of a series titled Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, which is based upon his book, A New Earth, which was and probably still is a New York Times bestseller. It stays it's been, because of Oprah and the fact that it's a fantastic book. It basically stays on the bestsellers list. I'm all the way up at this point to <clears throat> chapter eight, Discovery of Inner Space. And my only request for those who follow along with this series is that you purchase the book or get the book or gift the book or go to the library and get the book. But follow along with the series because there's so much material in this book and I can only skim the surface. But if you get the book, you you do the reading, you do the contemplation, you, you pray for revelation, you'll receive. And then this show can supplement your own inner soul work. It can't substitute it though. And I think that is really important that you really get what I just said. Ministers, teachers, uh, spiritual leaders can supplement your spiritual work, your inner work, your own study, your own prayer work, your own meditation work, your own contemplation, your own application. We can supplement it, but we can't subs. But you can't. We can't be the substitutes for your work. In other words, what we give should only enhance what you're doing or remind you to do it in the first place. Give you pointers, give you information. You know, I love what um, what um, Aramaic Bible scholar Rocco Erico told uh, Christ Universal Temple years ago. He said. When he was speaking at a graduation of seminary students in Indiana, he told them that it isn't their job to convince, convert, or coerce anyone. Their job is to present the truth properly and let God handle the rest. So my job is to present the principles of truth properly as I understand them and I allow God in you 
through your own willingness and surrendering to that process to do the rest. Now, we're going to get into this chapter on the discovery of inner space. And I want to read something from the book. He starts off we're on page 223 giving a story about a king who ended up speaking to a wise man who gave him an inscription, uh, a ring that had in this, the inscription, this too will pass as a reminder of how we can look at life. You know, we like, oh, my God, this is so horrible. This too will pass. Realizing that we don't have to get attached to the thing. It will pass. Good, bad, or indifferent. And that doesn't mean to become cynical about life, but it does mean that sometimes the things that so upset us are only temporal and many times are not even as quote unquote bad as we say they are. In other words, if we can learn how to still the mind, turn within, seek guidance from the presence and power of God within us, then we'll be able to handle it with power, with strength, and many times transform it. Now, he says on page 225, talking about um, how to work this too shall pass, he says, non-resistance, non-judgment, and non-attachment are three aspects of true freedom and enlightened living. Again, non-resistance, non-judgment, and non-attachment are the three aspects of true freedom and enlightened living. You know, and basically what it's talking about is having a position uh, mentally that you understand that you give meaning to everything in your life. That the thing that is that is beautiful and wonderful and the thing that is horrible and sad are all judgments in the mind. It's only so because you say it's so. Now, this doesn't mean that in a civil society that people, we don't have agreed upon things that we feel as though are beneath um, our level of human evolution. In other words, you know, 100 years ago, people could marry uh, 14-year-old teenagers and, you know, 50-year-old men and 14-year-old girls, and that was considered okay. Now we realize that's not, but that was a part of our evolution, you know, you know, they're still parts of the country, I mean, um, not of this country, of the world, excuse me, that believes that, you know, racism and sexism are okay. They're not, but that's a part of the human evolution. So as certain societies evolve, they look at some of their beliefs, and many times these beliefs are challenged by the people who are being oppressed by them, and it creates a new opportunity to live in a new paradigm where that those old values don't exist. Now, being non-resistant, non-judgment, and non-attachment just means that you do what is right according to the principles of God, and you release. Again, it's not your job to convince, co- co- convert, or coerce life. Show up properly as the presence and power of God seeks to express through you and allow God to do the rest. He goes on to say, those words inscribed on the ring are not telling you that you should not enjoy the good in your life, nor are they merely meant to provide some comfort in times of suffering. They have a deeper purpose 
to make you aware of the fleetingness of every situation, which is due to the transience of all forms, good or bad. When you become aware of the transience of all forms, your attachment to them lessens and you disidentify from them to some extent. Being detached does not mean that you cannot enjoy the good that the world has to offer. In fact, you enjoy it more. So I love the quote that Neil Donald Walsh uses in one of the conversations with God books. He wrote, enjoy everything, need nothing. Enjoy everything, need nothing. So you can become passionate about what you enjoy. You can love it. You can be completely in the moment. But but when the soul feels as though it's incomplete without that experience, without that object, without that person in your life, that's when we have become attached to form. And now we are, and I'm using this loosely with quotation marks, now we are serving other gods. In other words, we have made something else the source of our peace happiness, joy, or well-being. And as the scripture says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Not that there are other gods, there's just one presence and one power, but I'm talking about mental concepts. Mental concepts only. That which rules your thinking, your feeling, your behavior is to an extent a quote-unquote little g-o-d. So when we can put it in its place, we can enjoy it properly. Now, moving on. So a lot of this book, and I'm not going to get into all of it because this book has so much material in it. But I want to focus on page 227, uh, Object and Space Consciousness. And he's basically talking about creating the space. Uh, in, in, of spirituality and pure awareness to come forth. He said uh, on page 228, space consciousness means that in addition to being conscious of things, which always comes down to sense perceptions, thoughts, and emotions, there is an undercurrent of awareness. Awareness implies that you are not only conscious of things, objects, but you are also conscious of being conscious. If you can sense an inner Excuse me. If you can sense an alert inner stillness in the background while things happen in the foreground, that's it. This dimension is in everyone, but most people are completely unaware of it. Sometimes I point to it by saying, can you feel your own presence? Now, many people taught the same thing. So this is why uh, spiritual leaders throughout the years have taught prayer and meditation and different spiritual practices that get people to become aware of themselves. Charles Fillmore wrote it this way in, or one of the ways he wrote it in Keep a True Lent, page 10. He said, oh, he wrote, Mind is the common meeting ground between God and man. Man, And it is only through the most highly accelerated mind action, as in prayer, that we can consciously make union with God, the one and only creator. Prayer is the language of spirituality and, and improves the quality of man's being. Prayer makes man master in the realm of creative ideas. The inner silence of prayer is a great source of spiritual power. 
there was no exception to this rule in all the evidence of life. Then he quotes the scripture, be still and know that I am God. All right. Then he says, uh, he wrote on page 12 again, keep a true Lent. Persistent meditation on the truth contained in the word of God. And he's not talking about a scripture. He's talking about the perfect idea of God in you. Persistent meditation on the truth contained in the word of God opens the mind to a greater inflow of spirit. Then all words become quickening life and nourishing substance in both mind and body. So he gives over and over again an opportunity to say, you, through your prayer, through your meditation, you open yourself up to a higher awareness that gives you access to power. Then in the revealing word, under the term silence or the silence, page 179, he writes, the silence, a state of consciousness entered into for the purpose of putting man in touch with divine mind so that the soul may listen to the still small voice. So again, the silence is the state of consciousness. It's a state of consciousness that, that allows you to be open and receptive to what spirit is imparting to your soul. He goes on to write, when one goes into the silence, he enters the secret place of the most high, the closet of prayer within. He closes the door and in the stillness of that meeting place, he prays to God. He communes with God. He meditates on truth. Then he listens to what God has to say to him. So this is the place where you, and I'm saying place, not as a literal term, but for lack of, of, a, of a term, this state of awareness, this state of consciousness, this mental place where you are in what Tolay would call the now. You're not in the past. You're not projecting into the future, but you're completely present to your own being and what God is seeking to express through you, in you, as you. It makes a difference. It makes all the difference in the world. He goes on to say under the definition under meditation in the same book, excuse me, um, the revealing word on page 131. He says that meditation is continuous and contemplative thought to dwell mentally on anything, realizing the reality of the absolute, a steady effort of the mind to know God, man's spiritual approach to God. Now, it's not just thinking about God. Meditation is the contemplative thought or the or the the, the quieting of the mind that allows you to enter into the silence. Joe Goldsmith wrote a whole book about it uh, titled Beyond Words and Thoughts. What is that aspect of you that's beyond your human concepts of life through your words and thoughts, your own inner conversation? Mr. Fillmore went on to write on page 131 on the meditation. The purpose of meditation is to expand the consciousness, Christ's word, to bring into realization divine truth to be transformed in spirit, soul, and body by the renewing of the mind. So these are some of the things that you work with when you start working with your spirituality. See, discovering your inner space 
means really discovering your true spiritual nature. It's the same thing. The same thing. I really want that to land. When you discover God within your own being, then it's true to you. You know, Reverend Coleman, the founder of Christ Universal Temple, um, she would put it in really personal terms because that's how she felt it and that's how she taught it. And I, I, I love the fact that she would say, you got your own God. You have your own God. I, I love that because you have to get to the point where you realize that it's my God. She wrote in the book, It Works If You Work It, on page 118. You've got a personal God. And sometimes when you pray, you don't need a whole lot of words. Prayer is more than words. It is a deep feeling. When you are really in touch, you don't even you don't have to even open your mouth. Know with confidence that whatever the need, it's already done. The answer is already there. What you must do is get your nothingness out of the way and just simply let God take care of it. He knows what needs to be done and how to do what needs to be done. And when she says your nothingness, she's talking about the same thing Tole talks about throughout this book, that ego, the personal consciousness, the human consciousness, the sense consciousness, this false identity. Get it out of the way. This is why scripture says of myself, I can do nothing. It's not talking about the Christ in you. Of myself, I can do nothing is this human personality that thinks it runs things, but keeps messing stuff up. So we need to be mindful of that. Uh, Let me remind you before we go to our first break that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. and as you have freely received, please freely give us a donate button. Please click on it. Help support the process, uh, you know, you know, to make sure that this message, this life altering message stays online and, and helping people in places you know not of. I want to remind you also that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Uh, go on Facebook, like the page. I put comments, videos, and all type of stuff up. Think you'll like it. Share it with others. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple uh, has a website: www.cutemple.org. www.cutemple.org. Go on it. Look at online uh, episodes. I mean, past sermons and other things about the ministry. We're going to take our first break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? 
how do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music Speaks Louder Than Words When you Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
leader. But anyway, back to H.M. Lee Katie before I get back to Tole. She goes on to say on page 113, you may study with human teachers and from man-made books until doomsday. You may get all the theological lore of the ages. You may understand intellectually all the statements of truth and be able to prate healing formulas as glibly as oil flows. But until there is a definite inner revealing of the reality of an indwelling Christ through whom and by whom come life, health, peace, power, a all things, a who is all things. You have not yet found the friendship of the Lord in order to gain this knowledge, this consciousness of God within themselves. And then she goes on and on. And I don't want to read that. I was going to read it, but I, I'll run out of time. So basically what she's saying is just because intellectually, you know, what your scriptures say, what your religious or spiritual leaders teach does not mean that you know God for yourself does not mean that you are present to the presence of God expressing in you, through you, as you. This isn't now the fact that you are seeking means, you know, that you're ahead of most just by the fact that you're seeking. And that's important. I do want to remind you, by the way, that you can't call into this show. Um, at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489, if you have a question. Again, 888-558-6489. Now, back to the book. On page 229, he talks about falling below and rising above thought. And this is really good because he talks about how people who sometimes get into um, things like drugs and alcohol they feel more relaxed and carefree and alive and et cetera because they're not caught up in the density of what's going on with their thoughts and feelings all the time because they're not free from them unless they do something to get make themselves unconscious. He calls that falling below thought. Okay. Um, he says instead of rising above thought, they are falling below it. And he says, he says, space consciousness has little to do with being spaced out. Both states are beyond thought. This they have in common. The fundamental difference, however, is that in the former, meaning people who are falling below thought, is uh, you rise above the thought and the latter you fall below it. One is the next step in the evolution of human consciousness. The other, a regression to a stage we left behind eons ago. So we get stressed and then we pick up the bottle and then when the liquor subsides and we sober up, now we have a hangover, the problem and the stress instead of learning how to work with truth to get beyond it. Now, this isn't an anti-alcohol or whatever. It it definitely is an anti-drug. I don't personally drink but that has nothing to do with religion or spirituality i just don't like my mind inhibited in any way but it's important to realize that you can deaden yourself i think that's really the point that he's trying to make that deadening yourself regardless of what it is just to get 
house just to, you know, to become so body conscious that you're not thinking about, you know, the, the repercussions of your actions you, when you, you're not thinking about um, in the long term how this will affect you. Some people get become so deadened that they'll do almost anything not to deal with what's in front of them right now. See, but whenever you come out of that state, it's there. If you never come out of that state, it's still there. And there are ramifications that you have to deal with. Some people, you know, um, you know, try to leave the body. They'll even commit suicide, not deal with what's right in front of them. You know, but they got to carry that energy with their souls into their new experience with God on the other side of when they come back, which I believe. You always got to deal with your own soul stuff. One way or another. And if you pause, you know, you know, I, I remember talking to a person who was dealing with um, drug abuse and the person basically said, I'm picking up life where I left it 10 years ago. So in other words, the maturity level, the issues, the things that have to be dealt with in the, in a decade long fog of drug abuse did not mean that the soul was growing. So they got to deal with all the stuff that they should have grown through in the last 10 years. But in the crash course, because not only do you have 10 years ago stuff that you got to deal with and all of the growth and the process that went along with that children, uh, family members, people made, you know, transitions. Um, The world has changed. And then when you come out of the fall, you got to deal with all of that. Anyway, moving on. He starts to talk about television, which is really, really interesting. Um. Um, and how people f- sometimes find relaxation through TV, but at the same time, yet again, it's mostly below thought. Now, again, I watch TV. I like TV. I have shows that I like to watch. Um, I think you have to be mindful not a lot to allow it to dominate your time because to an extent, you know, you know, I, I know I'm one of the people who pay for a lot of TV channels, you know, on cable and it amazes me how I can't find anything to watch when I'm paying for, you know, 500 and something plus channels. That amazes me at times. Uh, then I go on on demand and still like I can't find anything to watch because the mind just gets caught up in its own thing. And, and, and you get mesmerized by the TV instead of turning it off. You try to find one more thing that you possibly could watch. So you have to make time to be still turning the TV off, turning the radio off, etc. Some people don't like to be alone, left alone with their own thoughts. The moment they get in the radio, get in the car, turn the radio on. The moment they um, get still or whatever, t- get on the phone, turn the TV on, get on the computer, get on the phone, get on the iPad, get on whatever. So they don't have to be alone with their own minds. Because most people, when they get along with their own minds, um, they'll just fall asleep because they're not used to being conscious and still at the same time. That's why when people try to learn how to meditate, 
many times they fall asleep because when the body becomes still, then you should just go on to sleep. They don't know what it means to be to be relaxed and conscious, only relaxed and sleep. Anyway, moving on. On page 230, he says, or he wrote. So does watch does TV watching create inner space? Does it cause you to be present? Unfortunately, it does not. Although for long periods, your mind may not be generating any thoughts. It has linked into the thought activity of the television show. It has linked up with the TV version of the collective mind and is thinking its thoughts. Your mind is inactive only in the sense that it is not producing thoughts. It is, however, continuously absorbing thoughts and images that come through the TV screen. This induces a trance-like passive state of heightened susceptibility, not unlike hypnosis. That is why it lends itself to manipulation of public opinion, as politicians and special interest groups as well as advertisers know and will pay millions of dollars to catch you in that state of receptive unawareness. They want their thoughts to become your thoughts. And usually they succeed. You know, again, this pulls me back to a quote from Neil Donald Walsh again, where he wrote in one of the conversation with God books. Someone is going to condition your mind. It might as well be you. Again, someone will condition your mind. It might as well be you. All right. So. People are. You know, marketing and advertising is a multi-billion dollar business. People are paid to make sure you think a certain way, feel a certain way, dress a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way, drive a certain way, live a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, which has nothing to do with living from your authentic self. If this is how you want to show up, this is what you think looks good, this is whatever, then great. And again, I'm talking within some level of civil obedience. In other words, when I say I'm just because you want to walk out looking a certain way, that's inappropriate for public that you should. What I am saying is, is any of what you do consistent with the truth that's in you or are you just doing it? In other words, who are you outside of the person who has been conditioned by the marketing of TV, radio, internet, culture, tradition, etc. Gives you something to think about. He goes on to say, so when watching television, the tendency for you is to fall below thought, not rise above it. Television has this in common with alcohol and certain other drugs. While it provides some relief from your mind, you again pay a high price. Loss of consciousness. Like those drugs, it too has a strong addictive quality. You reach for the remote control to switch off and instead find yourself going through all the channels. Half an hour, an hour later, you're still watching, still going through the channel. The off button is the only one your finger seems unable to press. You are still watching, usually not because anything of interest has caught your attention, but precisely because there's nothing of interest to watch. I just mentioned that. Once you're hooked, the more trivial, the more meaningless it is, the more addictive it becomes. If you're in, if it were interesting, thought-provoking, it would stimulate your mind into thinking for itself again. 
which is more conscious and therefore preferable to a TV induced trance. Your attention would therefore no longer be totally held captive by the image on the screen. And what this is saying is be, just be mindful of the, uh, uh, of what you present. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with them, but I'm going to try to put it in at least my context because I think that one thing that we have to be mindful of is we don't make fundamentalists of anybody. Follow your own inner guidance. And if something vibrationally doesn't feel right, fit right, this is why you got to do your inner work. So when you're watching something or seeing something that doesn't tune with your soul, turn it off. Don't watch it. Even if you're in a the movie theater and something doesn't fit right with where you are vibrationally, just leave. Well, so what? But, you know, but I think you can you can observe without being absorbed if you're conscious. Again, I think you can observe without being absorbed and the mind thinks in images so getting caught in the stories you know you know et cetera, et cetera, of of you know of good well-written tv shows movies or whatever helps enhance because you you know the idea of it is for you to get caught up in it temporarily to have emotions around and etc i just think that you can't get lost in it and start to absorb the tendencies and the qualities of the things that you watch We're going to take our last break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell if you have questions or comments about today's program or if you'd like to join in on the discussion email us at truth transforms at unity.fm now back to truth transforms welcome back to truth transforms i'm talking about tv right now and i want to make sure that i'm again emphasize the point that i made right before the break one more time that you can learn how to observe without being absorbed. But to do that, you have to be conscious. In other words, for instance, you know, I think it's beautiful. You know, people are watching the World Cup right now and the fans are passionate, but just don't become crazy about it. You know, I'm a big basketball fan. I love to watch NBA basketball in particular and March Madness with the NCAA and uh, NFL football and the Super Bowl and all of those things. But you don't have to become crazy about it, but you can be passionate about it, enjoy it and 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 live life, enjoy everything and need nothing. So I think that is the balance that you have to find. 
you know, not being at a point to where um, life is passionless. Because, you know, you, you know, um, I remember uh, going to hear a brother um, um, speak. I can't remember his name is Larry something, but I can't remember his last name now. And um, he was um, teaching for um, Landmark Education. And he mentioned that he was talking with some guys who were um, Tibetan monks. And in the midst of working with them, he would they showed up for something he was teaching. He helped them realize that they were attached to non-attachment. Now that's a very powerful statement attached to non-attachment. And what that meant was, or at least what he meant when he was saying it was that they were so caught up into, we're not attached to form. We're not attached to the world now, whatever that they were attached to the belief of non-attachment to the extent that, that it mattered more to them than experiencing what was actually happening in the moment. So, so, so again, the key that I'm driving home is this, and it's one of the statements of faith of the universal foundation for better living that we use at Christ universal temple and the other UFBO churches. One of the statements we believe that learning to listen to the whisperings of the still small voice within will ensure that we are guided in the right action. What you should be watching, what you should be listening to, what you should be doing, what you should be saying should be guided by your own indwelling Christ only. That's it. But to do that, sometimes you got to pull away from the TV time, pull away from the radio time, pull away from the Internet time, pull away from the the gossip and the other stuff so you can get clear enough so you can hear, and I'm using that in quotation marks, what thus says the Lord in your own soul. This is why you have to do the study work and whatever, because what it's doing is it's pulling your mind away from the regular conditioning so you can do some different things. I want to remind you again, if anybody's out there that wants to make a call, you can call me at 888-558-6489, 888 888- Five five eight six four eight nine. All right. Now he he goes on to talk about recognizing inner space. He he writes on page two thirty three. He says space between thoughts is probably already arising sporadically in your life, and you may not even know it. A consciousness mesmerized, that's a great word, a consciousness mesmerized by experiences and conditioned to identify exclusively with form, that is to say, object consciousness finds it is at first almost impossible to become aware of space. In other words, the space between thoughts, the silence. Uh, in old school Christian metaphysics, going back to like Christian science and the old school new thought New thought teachers, they would say that there is no life, substance, or intelligence in matter. That was their way of pulling themselves outside of the concept of believing that form has power, to pull themselves back to the reality of things, the idea behind, um, you know, you know, the, the idea behind the form, you know, so if there's if if there's a car, if there's a bike, if it's a plane, if it's a train, the idea of transportation, the idea of mobility, the idea of getting from one place to another is what really counts. 
You know, if it's you're dealing with prosperity, prosperity is not the American dollar. It's not the euro. It's not gold. It's not silver. It's not 401ks. It's not pension plans. The idea of prosperity is supply. You know, you know, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. It didn't say how the idea will find expression. Um, the ex- perfect expression for the condition that you're in. You don't need American dollars on the island. If you're on, if you're on the, on that show survivor or in that movie with Tom Hanks, when he was, when he was stranded on the island and talking to the coconut, what good will the American dollar do there? But you can still have prosperity even there. Or as Jesus, um, demonstrated when he had Peter go out into the sea and they were out all day and caught no fish and said, cast your nets on the right side, cast your mind on the right side of truth, cast your mind on the principle. And then you not only, not only did he pull back an abundance of fish, it was tearing the net, which means that it was so expansive. Fish represent ideas of multiplication. So many ideas that will bring you supply will come in that you will barely have room enough to receive them. Now, it's important that we realize that we have a great opportunity today to learn, to develop, to become conscious of our spirituality in ways that people didn't have access to before. One of the beautiful things about TV, radio, internet, and et cetera, is we live in a global society. So information is available to, to most people by basically on their cell phones. You can with the with the iPhone FaceTime somebody that's in Dubai. And it's just a call because it's the internet. And you can look up writings of spiritual teachers, techniques, spiritual practices, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and discover for yourself that the truth, the truth of you has been taught through the ages and you have access to that information now. You know, it used to be that information like new thought and metaphysics and mysticism was were uh, these type of things were only taught to a chosen few. Now we have an opportunity to transform what it means to express on this planet by walking and living in a new level of awareness. This is really key. Now, moving on. He talks about on um, page 236. He says, uh, what is this least things that make up the best happiness? Because the true happiness is not caused by the thing or the event, although this is how it first appears. True happiness is not caused by the thing or event, although this is how it first appears. So we think it's the person, it's the situation, it's the experience, it's the money, it's the car, it's the house, 
it's the job, it's the whatever that causes happiness. It doesn't. They don't. Happiness is the inner state of being that is a byproduct of you discovering your own inner space. Realizing that without a shadow of a doubt, right here and right now, when you become present, when you become conscious of who God is in you and who you are in God, that realization shows up as happiness, peace, love, joy, health, prosperity, and all things. It's really important that we get this. I want to tell you how um, Joe Goldsmith wrote this because I think it is really, really good. And this is found in the book, The Master Speaks, which I've used a couple of times in teaching this chapter because I think it's really important for us to get that. Uh, again, many of these great masters have taught this over and over again. He writes on page 244 that you will find that meditation is not only that which opens up consciousness, but meditation ultimately is the mode and means of bringing the Christ into manifestation. And he says, uh, He says on page 246, therefore, we do not practice meditation just for the sake of sitting in the silence or just for the sake of attaining a steady one pointed one pointed attention on that which we call God. Our meditation is for the purpose of finding an inner stillness so that the presence and power of God can be made manifest in or as our individual consciousness and then enable us to live our lives as Paul lived his i live yet not i but christ liveth in me through meditation you will find the presence and power of the christ and it will live your experience now he goes on to write which i think is really powerful he says the christ is not a mental activity this is on page 252 the christ is not a mental activity. It's the truth of who you are. You don't have to think up to Christ. You have to become aware of the Christ in you. So he says on page 256, God is not a thought. God is divine reality, divine being. While I am thinking about truth or thinking about religion or thinking about God, the divine idea manifests itself. And through the thought, through thought, I become aware of it. That I create God, that I create truth, Did you create love or life? No, those are divine ideas. So he's saying that you use the thought to help you become aware of the truth of who you are. It's important to recognize the difference. Really important to recognize the difference because if you can get that, you can get the concept of there is a truth within you that transcends human understanding. That's really key. There's a truth in you that in new thought we call the Christ that transcends, transcends who you think you are and what you think you've been through. It's the truth that passes all understanding. On page 230 
of the same book, The Master Speaks, Joe Goldsmith writes, let us remember this. There's something called the Christ. The Christ is not just a name given to some intangible or nebulous thing. The Christ is a divine reality that is a living presence, and it is omnipresent. It is right where you are and right where I am. Christ is not a person. Christ is a principle. It is a principle of life. It is a principle of God, which forms the reality of your being. Now, remember that. There's something called the Christ in me, the truth of who I am. There's something called the Christ, my true God nature. There's something called the Christ, the I am in me. There's something called the Christ, my spiritual identity. There's something called the Christ that is seeking expression through what we call human experience. Surrender to it. And not my will. Your will be done. Be open and receptive. And allow God to lead you through. We're going to wrap up for today. Now, next week, we're close to the holiday. So next week, it'll be a rerun of some sort. So be mindful of that. So if you're wanting to hear chapter nine, it won't be next week. It'll have to be the week after that. And we'll catch back up and work with it and continue to evolve with truth transforms. God bless you and enjoy your day. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, 
quiet your mind and affirm. There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child, trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. <laughs> 